face. And then after 10 days, what does it say? Suddenly, suddenly there was a rushing mighty wind and God moved in that place and supernatural things happened. And I just want to encourage you this morning, just while I'm in this kind of flow right now, um, if, you, if there are things in your life that you have been asking God for, things that you've been waiting on God for, things that you haven't yet seen come to pass, even though you think you've been prepared and made ready for this moment, um, just, just rest in God. Trust in Him because a suddenly is coming your way. Amen? A suddenly is coming your way. There is a suddenly coming. And it's not about you. It's not about what you can do. It's about what God does. Amen? Praise God. Good. I like a bit of uh, congregational interaction. <laughs> We're going well. So um, this morning, I'm going to be speaking about, uh, it's, this is part seven of House of Prayer. And um, I'm going to be speaking about prayer languages. And uh, this is a really interesting one. And we've decided to give a whole week to it because there's so much that we want to say about this thing called prayer languages. Um, but I just want to start again by reminding us what prayer is. Um, hopefully we all pray. Hopefully we all spend time talking to God and listening to God. It's communication with God. That's what prayer is. And, um, and God wants his church to be a house of prayer. He wants us to be a people who don't just get on with doing our thing or doing the things that we think God wants us to do, but there is communication between God's people and him um, so that we don't just do stuff for God, but we do God's stuff for God. <laughs> we do the stuff that God wants us to be doing. And, you know, we've been reminded over these last few weeks what personal prayer is, what praying together looks like. The fact that Jesus often would withdraw and speak to his heavenly Father and say, Father, um, what is it you want me to do even today? Father, what do you want me to be doing? What's your plan for the day? What's your business today? And Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I first see the Father doing it. So there was this communication between Jesus and his father, where um, he would just spend time speaking with the father. And, and if Jesus had to do that, Jesus being God himself, manifest as a human being, Jesus, who is God, walking on this earth, then we need to do that too, don't we? Amen? We need to be communicating with God, our heavenly father, regularly and listening to him as well. It's important that we just don't talk and talk and talk and talk. You know, my wife and daughter are really good at doing that. Um, and one of my sons, actually, as well. But me and Corbin, my eldest son, we're like the, we're more the listeners. <laughs> God knows what he's doing, doesn't he, when he puts people together. Chris, you're a listener, aren't you? Yeah. What am I saying, hey? What am I saying? I don't know what I'm saying, Sandy. <laughs> I'm just saying Chris is a listener. It's got to be a good one. Um, so prayer is communication with God. Now, when, it, when we pray, it's really important that we remember that we are three-part beings. Now, when I was 16 years old, I grew up in church. And when I was 16 years old, I heard this message uh, from a visiting speaker. And it really changed the way that I saw things and saw myself in God. I realized that I am a spirit being, that I have a soul, and I live in a body. So this body that you see here 
is just the shell. This body next Sunday will be 47 years old. Woo! Which is really weird um, and, and, and slightly concerning because um, it's quite near 50, isn't it? And then, and then what? I mean, yeah. Um, and so I was, I've been with Family Church 26 years. So I was 20, just 21 when I moved um, to Portsmouth um, to be part of the, the start of this new church that was being planted. And, you know, I'm so grateful for the journey. Don't, don't ever look down on the journey. Don't think, I'd rather not be doing the journey. Well, we've got to do the journey to get to where God wants us to be, right? So, again, another really important thing about being a disciple of Jesus, there's a lot of journey to be done. And that journey sometimes isn't easy, is it? It's sometimes really difficult, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night. You know, sometimes the journey feels like one long night, <laughs> like last night. just kept going, didn't it, last night? Because <laughs> of the clock's going back. But, but joy comes in the morning. And, and remember that. Remember that God is watching out for you. He has your journey in his hands. Amen. So what, what was I saying? Um, so when I was 16 years old, I heard this message. And, uh, and, the, and the preacher said, you know, you're a spirit. You're a spiritual being. You have a soul and you live in a body. And I had to get my head around that because I'd never heard that before. I just thought, you know, I was, this was me. Um, and didn't realize that, that I'm a three-part being. So let me explain. So we are spiritual beings. When you're born um, into this world, you're born in a physical body. You have a soul. So your soul is your mind, your thinking, your will, your emotions. Um, but actually, the core of who you are, the spirit person, is the real you. And when you're born into this world, that spirit, the, the real you, is dead to God. It's kind of dormant. Um, uh, I mean, without being too explicit, it's, it's like the, the egg that a woman has uh, before it's fertilized. It's just dormant. It, it's still an egg, but it hasn't been made alive yet. Um, but when you receive Christ, when you put your faith in Jesus, um, this miracle internally happens and you are made alive to God by the seed of God's word. And, and it's just what an amazing thing to be made alive to God. So spiritually... When I was 10 years old, I said yes to Jesus, and I was made alive to God. And so I now had this relationship with God. God is spirit, and those who worship him, worship him in spirit and truth, yeah? Um, so I now had this relationship with God, which was about me as a spiritual being relating to God, who is a spiritual being. Um, but I still have this soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, and I live in this body on this earth. And one day... Um, I will die, and I will step out of this physical body, and I will receive an eternal, immortal body. And, um, and there's so much more I could say about all of that, but I'm going to stay on subject, which I haven't done at all yet so far. I'm only on the second line of my notes so far today. Um, so when we pray, it's important that we remember that we are a spirit, we have a soul, mind, will, emotions, and we live in a body. Now, praying involves my body. Uh, sometimes I often shut my eyes because when I shut my eyes, I shut out distractions around me. Um, I've met professional prayers who never shut their eyes. Um, professional prayers. <laughs> and, and I just always, like, for me personally, I prefer to shut my eyes so I can shut out the distractions around me. Um, sometimes praying involves my hands. Sometimes I lift my hands to God. 
Um, it involves my body. Sometimes it, it very much involves my mouth. Um, it, it very much involves my knees. Sometimes I get on my knees and I pray, or I'm standing, or I'm sitting. So praying involves our body. Um, praying also involves the soul. The soul, so that our soul is our mind, our thinking, our will, our emotions. So when I pray, I speak out what I'm thinking in my mind. Um, my will, my emotions often have a part to play in my praying. Someone's car alarm's going off there, isn't it? Anyone want to own up? It's probably my wife's car, isn't it? <laughs> and my spirit is very much involved in my praying. So, again, I'm born again. I'm born of God. I'm a child of God. I'm spiritually alive to God. And as a child of God, I carry the nature of my heavenly Father. I mean, wow, at 16 years old, that came to me as this incredible, like, revelation that, wow, God... I'm your child and I carry your DNA, your very nature in my spirit, in the core of who I am. Um, and so this nature that I now carry, it reflects my heavenly father. And of course, God wants our character to reflect his nature in us, doesn't he? And that's a big part of being a Christian. The Christian journey is this journey of growing character so that we reflect the character of Christ, the character of God. And of course, Jesus completely and perfectly reflected the nature of God, his heavenly Father. And that's what our goal is, isn't it? To, to have the character of Christ fully formed in our lives. Anyway, when I pray, it involves my spirit. I, I suppose you could call this my spirit, my heart. Um, prayers come from my heart that are filled with truth, filled with love, filled with compassion, um, submitted to the will of God. So when we pray, it involves our spirit, our heart. We should always pray from the heart, from the spirit. It involves our soul, our thinking, our will, our emotions. And praying involves the body as well. You know, sometimes I pray because I feel compassion towards someone or something. Sometimes I pray, so that involves my soul. Sometimes I pray because I want something. That's my will. <laughs> Sometimes I pray because I think it's time to pray now. I really need to pray and talk to God. Um, sometimes I pray because my body is aching and it's saying I'm not up to this task. And sometimes I will pray and say, God, give me physical strength. And so, you know... We're a three-part being, and you can't separate the three parts, yet um, there's three distinct parts to who we are. Now, all okay? So it's common for a Christian's mind, will, emotions to work against what's going on in their spirit. So we have things in our heart, in our spirit, that we want to pray, but our thinking is sometimes more lined up with the world's belief system and philosophies than the ways of God's kingdom. Sometimes our will is more lined up with our selfish desires than the desires of God and the things of his kingdom. Sometimes our emotions 
completely rule over us and cause havoc um, in our prayer life. Sometimes our body wants to dictate what we're going to do. Our body says, I'm tired. I don't want to do this praying thing today or anymore today. Sometimes um, we have pain. Sometimes we're physically sick. So the body can sometimes take away from our prayer life. Our, Our soul and body can become like a clogged filter sometimes. So as spiritual beings, we're desperately wanting to communicate with the Father. From our heart, we want to pray and, and, and communicate with Father God, but our soul, our mind, will, emotions, our body become like a clogged filter sometimes. Anyone know what I'm talking about, right? So Meaning that the prayers from our heart can't get through. We can't pray as we want to pray. The good news is that this filter, the soul and the body, it can be cleaned. <laughs> reminded of cleaning out fish tanks when I was younger. Don't have fish anymore because um, just a hassle. Uh, anyone got fish? Right, don't bother. They're just a hassle. Good to eat. Um, so, so this filter of the soul and the body can, uh, can be cleaned so that our prayers can become powerful and effective. Now, what I always say to myself, <laughs> is Stu, you need to apply a little bit more of Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 to your, to your soul and to your body. And what does it say in Romans 12 verses 1 and 2? Chris, I'm going to give you something to do now. Verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Okay, so this is talking about the body right now. Present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You know what that means? Your reasonable service? It means it's the least that you can do. Bearing in mind what Jesus did with his body, it's the least that we can do to present our bodies as living sacrifices to God. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That word prove, it means live out, demonstrate. So it says, now it's talking about the soul you see in the second verse. Body in the first verse, soul in the second verse. It says, don't be conformed to the world, to the world's belief systems, to the world's philosophies, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, live out what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So, when it comes to praying, from our spirit, from our heart, we want to pray like the perfect prayer. We're children of God. We're born again. Um, so, so, spiritually, there is this desire within us to communicate with God in, in, a, in a clean and in a, in a powerful and effective way. Our mind will, emotions, body, we need to make sure they are allowing those prayers from our spirit to get through to God. And how do you do that? Well, you present your body to God and say, God, I'm not going to let my body dictate my prayer life. I might feel tired right now. I might feel like I've got aches and pains. I might feel sick right now, but I am not going to allow my body to stop me praying to you. 
and you, and you make sure that your mind is more filled with the word of God, what God says, and God's kingdom ways, than it is filled with the philosophies of this world. Maybe you need to watch a bit less news and read a bit more Bible. <laughs> Maybe you need to surf uh, the internet a bit less or watch uh, Instagram or TikTok videos a bit less and uh, maybe you need to get more Bible in because as long as we're putting the world stuff in our mind will never be renewed we'll just be conformed to this world and our prayers won't be as effective they won't get through this filter of our soul and body as they need to so we've got to renew our mind with the truth of God and his kingdom we've got to submit our will to his will we've got to rule over our emotions even so that we're no longer ruled over by them. And by that I'm not saying that emotions are bad or wrong, because they're not. They're just, they're there. Um, that's what God's given us. They're there to serve us. Um, but they cannot rule over us. They cannot rule over us. So, you know, um, rather than allowing, uh, let me just think. I really want to be sort of led by the Holy Spirit as I'm speaking today, but I just really feel strongly to say, rather than allowing grief and mourning to, uh, to dictate how you're going to relate with God, let the joy of God bubble up from within your soul. I think that means some, something to someone today. Okay? Praise God. Rather than letting anxiety uh, rule over you and fear, let the peace of God just rule over your life. Let, let peace be something that God adds into your life right now. Okay, so, so this filter, the soul, the body, it needs to be cleaned up so that our prayers, the prayers of our heart, are able to be effective and powerful in the way that we communicate with God. Now, sometimes... Just moving on to prayer languages. Sometimes one of, the, uh, one of the restrictions or the filters that we have is our language. Sometimes, um, as an English speaker, when, I'm pr- when I pray, my words that I have available in English sometimes are just not enough. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And if English is your second language and you're trying to pray in English then you'll probably experience that to a greater extent than I would as well. Um, you know, if you pray in, in the language that is your first language, that's generally, you find the words more easily, don't you? Um, but if you pray in a second or third language, then it's much harder to find the words when you pray. So even language can be a filter. Uh, when it comes to praying the prayers from our heart, even language can be a filter sometimes. Now, in the New Testament, we read that Christians would often pray in other tongues or other languages they would pray in languages that they had never learnt yet these languages would flow fluently from their mouths um, we, we'll have a look at what that looks like in just a moment but this is called speaking in tongues okay it's called speaking in tongues and it's available to all believers it's simply your spirit praying with no filter at all. Your mind, will, and emotions are not getting involved. And your body, your mouth is simply the outlet. Your, your mouth utters the words and phrases that it's never even learnt before. 
<laughs> which is, and that's what speaking in tongues is. It's, a, it, it's your spirit praying, the heart of who you are, just being released to pray those perfect prayers to God that are not filtered by your mind, your will, your emotions, and even your body. Um, you could say that praying in tongues allows you to pray the perfect prayer. Now, in the book of Acts, we see that the ability to speak in tongues came when believers were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Anyone know what the word baptized means? How you can literally define it? Immersed, drenched, yeah, dyed. So you get a piece of nice white material, you put it in some blue dye, and you pull it out, and that blue dye isn't just on the outside of it, it's within it as well, isn't it? it it's completely right through that material. Um, to be whelmed, you know when you're overwhelmed? To be whelmed means to be completely drenched. So in the book of Acts, from the very moment the disciples stepped out of the upper room on that day of Pentecost, uh, we see that Christians everywhere, not just in that moment, but from that moment onwards, Christians were baptized with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit to overflowing, to being overwhelmed, to being drenched. And we're a Pentecostal church, and... um, And there's lots of other churches that don't call themselves Pentecostal church that believe exactly what I'm teaching today. Um, But we very much believe that God um, today, not just 2,000 years ago um, when the first disciples walked on the earth, but today God wants to fill his disciples, to fill his people with his Holy Spirit. And, and, um, And there's much more to it than that as well, which we're going to get onto in a minute. But let's just see a couple of examples in the book of Acts where the disciples, the followers of Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized. So the first one is uh, the, the, the upper room, Acts chapter 2. And we're just going to look at verse 4. So they were praying, and then it says, uh, suddenly um, the Holy Spirit came, and, and, and it was like a rushing, mighty wind in that place. The place was shaken. It was such a powerful experience. And then it says in verse 4, And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 46, we see another example of Christians being filled with the Holy Spirit. It says this, While Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who who had heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many came with Peter. Sorry, as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. So there was a group of people that thought this, the, the, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit was only for the Jews, that salvation was only for the Jews. But here God was obviously, God was saying here, this isn't just for the Jews, this is for all those who put their faith in. In Jesus. Verse 46, they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So, how did they know the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon these people? They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God with other languages. And then Acts 19, verse 6, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues 
and they prophesied. So here again is another example of Christians being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit. And again, one of the evidences of that was they spoke with other tongues and they prophesied as well. Okay, so the fact that this happened, the fact that they spoke with these new languages and the fact that they prophesied was seen as evidence that these people were filled with the Holy Spirit. Their ability to speak this new language that they'd never learned all of a sudden, it was like a, a button had been pressed, a switch had been switched, and they began to speak with these new languages. Not only that, they began to prophesy, speak messages from God to one another. So these things came from the Holy Spirit. Their ability to do this came from the Holy Spirit who graced them with these spiritual gifts and many other spiritual gifts as well. So... Uh, we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, the word grace in the New Testament is the word um, charis. Charis. Okay, that's the word grace. Now, gifts here, we're going to read this word a few times in this passage, it's charisma. Charisma. And, uh, and, and so, in other words, when you speak in tongues, when you prophesy, when you move in the other gifts of the Holy Spirit, this isn't your ability. It's about God's ability in you. He graces us with these incredible gifts that he's given us to build each other up. So let's read about this. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10, it says this. But the manifestation of the Spirit. What's a manifestation? Well, it's when you don't see something and then you do. <laughs> I could be hiding behind here. wouldn't be a very good hiding place. Boo! Manifest. <laughs> I'm revealed. So, the manifestation of the Spirit. So, so the, the revealing or the, the, um, the evidence of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, for the building up of others. For, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. So the word of wisdom is a gift of the Holy Spirit that comes to believers when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Now, we all have faith, but this gift here is about this, this, um, this apportioning, this, this giving of, of great faith in a moment when you need great faith. Um, to another, the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Again, we are all called by God to pray for the sick. But um, this is about where, when God moves in your life to bring healing into others' lives. Um, to another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. So, God wants to pour his spirit out on all believers. And when he does that, the Bible says that there are these, I mean, there's nine gifts listed here, but there's other gifts of the Holy Spirit as well. But there's nine spiritual gifts that are listed here. And the Bible says that these gifts will start to be seen in believers' lives when the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon those people, into those people. So when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, essentially we're given a spiritual toolbox 
with a bunch of spiritual tools. When we gather with other believers, and maybe when we gather with people that are not even believers, but when we gather with other believers, we may be prompted by God, the Holy Spirit, to use these gifts to build others up. We have opportunities in all sorts of settings. We have less opportunities, I think, when we gather in a big crowd because um, one of the reasons that the Apostle Paul was writing to the Corinthian church was like their meetings were a mess. They were coming together and everyone was just so excited about having these spiritual gifts that they all wanted to use all of them at all times. And it was just really messy. And in that passage, of course, the Apostle Paul says, let's do all things decently and in order. And I really believe that's important. At the same time, I really believe it's really important that we as Christians, every single one of us, are using those spiritual gifts that God has given us. And so there are many other settings that we can use those gifts in um, to build each other up. But there's something unique about this gift of speaking in tongues. As this gift of speaking in tongues is more about us being built up personally than it is about others being built up. So let's read this passage in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 to 5. I've no clue what the time is, Sandy. Okay, so it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So let's just pause there. So if you speak in another tongue, this, this gift of speaking in tongues, this isn't about other people understanding what you're saying. It's, you speak mysteries. You're speaking a language that others don't recognize. However, um, let's, let's just read on. It, it says, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. So the gift of prophecy is about building others up. The gift of speaking in tongues is about yourself being built and and allowing your spirit to pray in this language. Verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, builds himself up. But he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So what's it saying? So in this passage, we see that speaking in tongues is a prayer language. It's your spirit praying to God in an unknown language without the filter of your mind and your emotions and your will. Just this direct uh, language that you're speaking from your spirit to God. But when you speak in tongues, you speak mysteries. You don't understand what you're saying, but you pray with a depth as you allow your spirit to speak out. Speaking in tongues builds you up as you release the deep cry of your spirit, your heart to God. It's good to pray in tongues alone. It's good to pray in tongues alone when you're showering. You can just go wild praying in tongues in many other times as well. Um, but it's also good to pray in tongues with others. It releases the prayer of your heart. It helps you throw off shackles. It, helps, it brings freedom. It lays a foundation of, of, for when you then come together to pray in the understanding. 
So when we have prayer meetings, we will often say to people, let's just pray in tongues for a few minutes. Let's just let our spirit pray. Um, we're not going to understand what we're saying, but you are, we are going to release a prayer from the depth of our heart. And then we say, right, now we've done that. Let's pray in the understanding. Let's pray so that we can now agree with each other, as I'm sure that, that we spoke about when we, we taught on praying together, corporate prayer. You've got to understand what other people are saying so that you can say amen to their prayer, right? Um, but, you know, I think it's great to pray in tongues alone together. But um, when you pray in tongues together, um, let's make sure that it moves into a time of them praying in the understanding as well. So when you're gathered with other believers, a, a message may be shared in this speaking in tongues, in this tongue, which will then be interpreted um, into the common language spoke by others in the room. Um, you may interpret it yourself. Someone else may interpret it. Now, when I was baptized at the age of 16, um, I came up out of the water, and um, this amazing Jamaican lady, she's still in the church where I grew up now, um, and, and she, she shared this word in this unknown tongue. So she, she spoke from her spirit. She spoke this word in tongues. And I was like, wow, God is saying something, but I haven't got a clue what he's saying. But then, just a few moments later, she then interpreted that word um, into English. And, uh, and it was like, wow, God is really saying something here. And, and it was one of the first times I'd ever heard God say to me that he called me to be a preacher of his word. And in that word, he said, you can reach up some that others cannot reach and there was just so much to it but you know I realized that day that I'd been set apart for God um, for a specific purpose to, to preach his word and teach his word so I'm like wow God like you really said something there and that word came first of all in a tongue but it was interpreted and it's important especially when we're in a big gathering when there's other people around that, that maybe there's people that are visiting the church that don't understand this stuff if a word in tongues is brought it should always be interpreted as well 1 Corinthians 14, um, verses 13 to 19. So just skipping down that passage a little bit further. I'm nearly finished now. It says this. Therefore, verse 13, Therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Okay, so that's what we've been saying, isn't it? That when we speak in tongues, we bypass the soul. Um, all that's involved really is our mouth. Um, but it's a prayer that comes from the heart, this speaking in tongues. And the ability to do so comes when a person is baptized with the Holy Spirit or filled with the Holy Spirit. So when I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What's the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit in tongues, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing in the Spirit. I think I might have heard Femi doing some of that earlier. And I will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupied, occupies the place of the uninformed say, Amen, at the end of your giving of thanks, since he doesn't understand what you're saying? So I could just say, Oh, Sandy, I just want to bless you. Amen? Do you like that blessing? Good, eh? So it's important that, that I also bless with the understanding as well. For you indeed give thanks well. Verse 17, you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. I, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. 
Paul obviously spoke in tongues a lot. He, he let his spirit loose to pray regularly, often in tongues. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. So speaking in tongues is about you being built up. It's about releasing your spirit, your heart to pray without that filter of the soul. So when we pray with others, we may have times where we pray in tongues, but we also recognize the need to pray out prayers in a common language that others can stand in agreement with. Uh, I'm just about done. I just want to finish by sharing my own experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this morning, um, we just thought it would be good if there's anyone that would like to be prayed for, to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, then we'd love to pray for you today. Um, And I've been in churches where uh, it's it's this really weird, mysterious, uh, wacky thing. Um, And I just want to demystify things today. Um, Yes, it's mysterious because it's something that that we can't understand with our human intellect, of course. But it's also something that is very filled with God's peace and filled with with God's joy um, and filled with God's love. Um, And when we pray for you to be baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, we just want you to know the presence of God in your life. Um, So what happened to me, I was 10 years old, and I'd been brought up in a Baptist church where we were never taught about the things of the Holy Spirit. And and then my mum went to this tent meeting in Romsey. Anyone know Romsey? Yeah, other side, towards Winchester. Um, And uh, this this church was putting on seven nights of meetings in Romsey in the the, um, showground there. And uh, my mum went the first night um, and came back and was like, wow, I've just met the Holy Spirit. Um, and, uh, and, and everyone was just like falling over. Like they were praying for people and they were just falling over because God's power was so great and his presence was so strong and people just couldn't contain God's presence. And she said, do you want to come tomorrow night to me and my brother and sister? Well, they didn't, but I did. Um, and so I went along the next night. And, um, and I got prayed for, and, and I just felt like a, 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 an experience that I'd never had before. It was like 10,000 volts of electricity just shot through my body, and I just went flat down onto the ground. It wasn't hurt at all, just went flat down onto the ground, and I was buzzing. The rest of the night, I was buzzing. As we drove home, like me and my mum, we were like buzzing with, with God's presence in our lives. Anyway, um, a few weeks later, but I, I didn't really know about speaking in tongues but then we started going to this church I heard everyone speaking in this this language that I'd never heard before they were speaking in tongues and um, you know often they, in, in the church there have times where people would just sing out in these tongues and I was like mum what is that and she said that's speaking in tongues do you want to I said yeah she said well you just need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and I said well I am and she said well, let's just pray then that um that this language would bubble up from, from within you. And, uh, and so she prayed for me, and I just felt God's presence again. And she said, now just open your mouth and start to speak. Just start to make sounds. So I did. And, and to be honest, the, it wasn't pleasant. It was a little bit awkward. But I, I started to go, you know, like a baby might even start speaking. 
And, uh, but, but after a few minutes, it's just started to flow, this language that I'd never learned before. Um, and, and this, I realized, you know, mum taught me that this was my spirit praying to God. Um, and, 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 it beca- and it became, and, and, and still is, a wonderful way of, of speaking to God in my daily life when I don't have the English words to say all the time. And sometimes, actually, you know, the filter of my soul and my will and my emotions, they do get in the way sometimes. So sometimes I just have to let rip um, and speak in tongues and, and, and just give God my best heart prayer um, with this prayer language. And it's such, an, it's such a, a normal and such a wonderful thing to have. And God wants to fill your life with his Holy Spirit because he wants you to be equipped as a believer um, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He wants to use you to build others up with these spiritual gifts. He wants to use you um, and to, sh- to speak to you and to show you uh, his purposes for your life. Um, but he also wants you to be built up individually as well, spiritually. Um, and that's where this gift of, of speaking in tongues comes in. So in a few moments, we'll just um, open up the front here and just pray for anyone that wants to be prayed for while others can get on and and do what you need to do. But um, just before I do, uh, we we never want to miss the opportunity to ask if there's anyone who has never said yes to Jesus, who has never accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Saviour. And the whole reason that we are able to have fellowship with God, that we're able to even communicate with God as people is because Jesus came and Jesus took the sin of the world upon himself when he died on the cross. And when you put your faith in Jesus, when you say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you took my sin, my wrongdoing, everything that ever separated me from God, I believe, Jesus, that when you died on the cross, you took that upon yourself and you paid the price. The moment you do that, the moment you do that, you say, I believe in you, is the moment that you're changed. You are born again. You are made alive to God. Your spirit comes alive to God. And you have relationship with God. That's when it started for me. At 10 years old, it started. It took me till I was 16 to really um, kind of know God working in my life and get baptized in water and, and really draw a line and say, God, I'm going to live for you. But at 10 years old, I said yes to Jesus. And at 10 years old, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. There is no age limit. <laughs> God doesn't have an upper limit or a lower limit. He just sees a person who he loves and he died for on the cross. And so if you've never said yes to Jesus, then now is your opportunity. I'd like you to pray this prayer with me and make your peace with God by accepting Jesus as your saviour, the one who died on the cross for you, the one who was buried and who rose from the dead, proving that there is eternal life that God wants to share with you. Just bow your heads and say these words, please. Say, dear father, just everyone out loud, say, dear father, I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard and I repent of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. 
I believe that you forgive me and make all things new. I surrender to you and want to take your path for my life. So, please fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to live a life that honours you. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Would you just keep your heads bowed just for one moment. If you prayed that prayer, that was you making peace with God. That was you accepting Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Would you just do one more thing? Just raise your hand and say, yeah, I prayed that prayer. That's my first time praying that prayer. I meant it with my whole heart. I've made my peace with God and I want to live for him. Thank you. Anyone else today?